What's up, everyone? Welcome into the Round 6 Podcast. We are your hosts, Keaton Cordell and Jake Smith, coming to you from Fort Worth, Texas and Denver, Colorado. What a week. I say it every week, but I really mean it this week. What a week do we have here for the UFC. It's UFC 281 Fight Week. This is a card that I have been looking forward to since they announced that Izzy was fighting Alex Pereira. Mm -hmm. That's just a, a huge matchup for combat sports, not just for the UFC, uh, obviously, they have fought each other in the past, and they have history, so it makes it that much more special. But we've also got Carla Esparza defending her title against the former champ, Zhang Wei Li, and the people's main event. You want to talk about a fight? We've got Iron Mike Chandler going up against the Diamond Dustin Poirier. This card is insane. Mm -hmm. Last card, or last pay-per-view, I should say, UFC 280 was absolutely wild, but I think that this card tops UFC 280. And for me, I'm looking for this to be fight of the year this year. I think this card has so much to offer. There's so many fights up and down the card. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. you've got the three fights at the top, but everywhere along the card, through and through, you've got talent. You've got star power. This card has it all. Jake, I know that there's just an unlimited amount of fights that I'm looking forward to, but I'm curious to get your thoughts. What fights stand out to you? What fights are you really looking forward to? And, and are there anyone, uh, is there anyone that you think is kind of flying under the radar this week that deserves a little bit of a spotlight? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, it feels weird that you and me are sitting in our homes right now with an Israel Adesanya card coming up. We've been to his last two title defenses, so it would only have made it right to go to the third in a row, but Sadly, here we are in Denver and you in Texas. We're not in Madison Square Garden this week. But that fight is going to be insane. I am so excited for that one. I think Izzy is going to prove that he is the most dangerous striker in the UFC. At the same time as I think Alex Pereira is going to show Izzy why he's not the best striker in the UFC. But we're going to have to wait till Saturday to see what happens. And then... In terms of what like what fight I'm looking forward to the most, it's the people's main event. If you're putting Michael Chandler on a UFC fight card, I mean I am head over heels ready for this fight. I like Michael Chandler's fighting, I'm ready for it. And Dustin Poirier of all people, I mean, there's nobody I want to see Michael Chandler fight more than Conor McGregor, and one below that is Dustin Poirier. Like I was excited for the Gaethje matchup with Michael Chandler. Poirier is one step up. This is a banger of a fight i don't see this one going the distance i'm just super excited for this card yeah i could not agree with any of that more than i do right now and i think you bring up a really interesting point about us having been to every single israel adesanya fight of the 2002 22 calendar year uh and i think another interesting thing to bring up that i just thought of is not only did we go to israel adesanya's last fight if you remember back in vegas uh back in july we also went to Alex Pereira's last fight mm -hmm. against Sean Strickland. And what a fight that was. Obviously, Sean Strickland got sent to the shadow realm by 
the most devastating left hook in all of combat sports. And uh, th- I mean, who this knows fight, it better? Th- who then knows it better champ. than Izzy? Yeah, exactly. He's felt it twice. And uh, I-, I think that uh, as good as this card is, every single fight kind of one-ups the last one in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I think that this main event that we've got to look forward to on Saturday mm-hmm. is just absolutely insane for so many different reasons. There's so much history there between these two guys. And even if there wasn't, they're stylistically uh, just so well matched as far as the striking goes. So yeah, I, I, I think this. I think you and me especially love a card like this because Izzy's bringing the team with him. You got CKB representing on this card, kicking off the card with Carlos Olberg. Then we get to see Brad Riddell. Then we get to see Dan Hooker, and then we finish it off with Izzy. I don't know about you. Just kidding. I do know about you. I love the Kiwis when they're fighting. Like anytime Eugene Behrman's coming to town, bringing the squad with him, it is, it is must see TV. Like even just prior to the fight, I I've been watching, they were on Ariel Helwani all week. They had a sit down with Megan Anderson. I mean, it's, it's just much like must watch TV when CKB comes to a fight card and they're headlining MSG in New York. Like it's, it's just a cool experience in my opinion. Yeah, and I think the kind of the the thing that I'm going to miss most about not being there, especially when CKB rolls out in full force, are all of the fans that travel mm. from all walks of life, Australia, New Zealand, everywhere from that part of the world. They show out in full force, too, to represent their guys. Mm-hmm. When we were in Vegas back in July, uh, you and I were waiting in line to go to the Joe Rogan mm-hmm. uh, stand-up show, and we just like happened to be either in front or – just behind some guys in line that had just gotten there from Australia to support Israel Adesanya. And those guys are so much fun. Like we, what's funny about that too, if you remember those same guys that we saw in line to go to Rogan, uh, they were sitting one section over from us in the bowl Mm -hmm. in T-Mobile arena. And the entire night they were just going nuts. I mean, just slamming beers, going Mm -hmm. crazy. The the energy in an arena when the Kiwis fight is unmatched. And that card had Volkanovski on it as well. So, I mean, it's a good point. It was Australia, New Zealand, just everywhere for that card, which sadly this one's missing. But, I mean, they, they have everybody still. They've got the whole CKB squad. It, it's just barely missing Alex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how can you leave Eugene Behrman out of the mix here? I, I know you feel the same way as I do. A lot of people out there may or may not be familiar with Eugene Behrman, the head coach at City Kickboxing. But Eugene is the OG as far as I'm oh, concerned. Yeah. He's one of my favorite head coaches, especially one of my favorite foreign head coaches. And I love anytime Eugene's in the corner. So we have a lot to look forward to this weekend. But let's kind of start digging into some of these fights at the top of the card, right? So let's start with the people's main event. I think the fight that uh, outside mm-hmm. of, you know, the the event on the marquee, uh, this is the one that you and I are looking forward to most, right? So you've got Michael Chandler fighting Dustin Poirier. Chandler currently sitting at number five in the division. Dustin currently sitting at number two in the division. Um, we'll get into our bets uh, here shortly, but I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts on, you know, some preliminary predictions. Uh, what do you think stylistically is going to happen? What strategies do you think are going to be employed by either of these guys? Obviously, you're the one with the, the just wealth of MMA knowledge. So I'm curious to see your perspective on this fight. I mean, just just watching their interviews, watching what Dustin's been saying in the press conference, all this kind of stuff. I'm looking for both of them to come out hot. Like I, I, they are both used to fighting. Like, yes, I know Michael Chandler 
did just get a three-rounder against Gaethje. But these are two main event fighters. These are two guys that are very used to pacing themselves for five-round fights. And even within those five-round fights, still come out ready to brawl, ready to throw down hard for five rounds. So now that both of them know that they have three rounds coming into this, I mean, I'm looking for an absolute slugfest. And you know Dustin Poirier more than anybody is the guy who's going to oblige what Michael Chandler brings to the table, which is pressure and, I mean, pretty much just forward pressure and a lot of explosive power. And if anybody can take that, it's Dustin Poirier, and he will give it right back. So to me, I think this fight really comes down to who has the better chin. If if they do, and you'll see this with our bets, if they do both have a good chin, I can see Dustin Poirier more than likely getting the decision just through purely his boxing because I don't think Michael Chandler is going to want to wrestle and take this to the ground just because he's a people pleaser. He likes to fight. This is MSG. He's Here's a cool stat, actually. Michael Chandler has fought twice at Madison Square Garden and has never once not left in an ambulance. Every time. <laughs> Last one was uh, Justin Gaethje, and clearly he left in an ambulance after that one. So I'm looking for him. You don't want to say that, but somebody's leaving in an ambulance after this fight is all I've got to say. Yeah, and I, I don't I, – obviously, like you said, you don't necessarily want to say that, but uh, it, it's not like we want him to leave in an ambulance in a bad way, right? Like you want him – to go out there, leave it all on the canvas, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously, both be safe at the end of the day. But if if your guys are leaving in an ambulance, especially someone that doesn't get knocked out, it means that they just went through an absolute war. And I think you're absolutely right. We're going to get that on Saturday. Uh, Chandler said in the press conference yesterday that he's the most entertaining fighter in the world, and I'm inclined to agree with that. Quite frankly, absolutely. If you think of all of Chandler's fights throughout his, his time in the UFC, every single one of them has been exciting. Uh, and, and I think you bring up a good point about this being a three-round fight with guys that are always willing and always able uh, from a cardio perspective to go out and spend 25 minutes across from another man. Um, for, for a lot of reasons, I think this fight in some ways mirrors uh, the Chandler versus Gaethje fight. Obviously, mm-hmm. both of those guys – uh, Gaethje in particular is also willing and able to go stand and trade for 25 oh, yeah. minutes. Um, and, and we saw exactly what we got out of that fight. And I think we're going to see a lot of similarities in this fight on Saturday. So I am super excited about that one. We'll get into our picks there here in just a moment, but let's move up one more fight. Uh, Carlos Barza and John Wei Lee. So to me personally, both from a betting and a picks standpoint, I think Zhang Wei Li is going to go out there and have a night. And I think that belt's going back to China. Um, you kind of had your thoughts about Carla Esparza, and, and she definitely is on a tear right now. Um, but but to me, no one can can strike with the same ferocity in that division as a woman as Zhang Wei Li. Zhang Wei Li's training always looks intense. Uh, we just saw a video of her the other day picking up Francis Ngannou just completely effortlessly. Um, mm-hmm. So from for me, I'm looking for Zhang Wei Li to come out and just completely starch Carlos Barza. And personally, I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, this is just its just such a tough fight to look at. When you look at both their records, like, sure, if you're looking at Zhang's record, you see those two losses to Rose in her last two of her last three fights. Besides that, she lost her first fight ever by decision, and since then was basically perfect. So, I mean, you want to talk about a streak? Just look at Zhang Weili's record up until fighting Rose. But then you go back to Carla, and 
I mean, her her record is just the same, basically, with the win over Rose. She hasn't lost since 2018 against Tatiana Suarez. And since then, everyone on her record is just an absolute monster for that division. Verna Jean Girdoba, Alexa Grasso, Michelle Watterson, Marina Rodriguez, Yan Zhao Nan, and Rose Namajunas. Like, that is a killer's row for that division. So, like, I know what you're saying. Zhang Weili is, I mean, one, she's training with Cejudo, so her wrestling's going to be on par. Her striking is basically unmatched for that division because she showed that against the best striker ever for that division, Ioana Janjacek, and outclassed her in the striking battle. So, I mean, it's just a tough one to look at because Carla has the wrestling dominance. She has a similar game style to the way we've been seeing Valentina died on the ground lately with that crucifix, the elbows onto the head until the rep just stops it, basically. It's it's a tough one to pick, but this is going to be a great fight, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I think my my opinion on Zhang Weili in this particular matchup is strictly based on the power. Like, when when I watch videos of Zhang Weili train, the way that she sits down on all of her punches – uh, mm-hmm. and and just throws her kicks with all-out intensity. Uh, and I don't, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but a lot of times when you see women that size do pad work or hit a bag, it doesn't sound the same as it does to, like, the men when they do pad work or hit a bag in the – like, men of similar size in the same, you know, relatively mm-hmm. the same weight class or the closest Purely class power to it. Stamp. Yeah, Zhang Weili, if, if you were to play an audio clip of her doing pad work and then play an audio clip of a similar-sized male doing pad work, you would not be able to tell which mm-hmm. one is which. She is terrifying when it comes to yeah, striking. Yeah, she is. So that's, that's basically, like, that's the basis of my, you know, standpoint on this fight in particular. But without further ado, how can we put this off any longer? Let's dive mm-hmm. into the main event. There is so much to talk about. There's so much to be said as far as the history that these two fighters mm-hmm. have in the octagon or, or in the ring, I should say, in kickboxing. Uh, yeah, no, uh, no history in the cage, actually. Yeah, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. finally, we're getting to see this matchup in the UFC octagon. Um, something that, that I think uh, is interesting that I thought of earlier was, can, can you name, I, I cannot, I couldn't think of one. I'm curious to see if you can, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, so I apologize, but. Can you think of another fighter in the UFC that's gotten a title fight after only two fights in the UFC? I, I could not. Easy. He's a champ right now. Who? Light heavyweight. Yuri? Yuri. Okay, that's fair. How many fights did he have in the UFC before he got the title fight? He Was fought, it only two? He fought against Vulcan. He, he beat Reyes. He beat Vulcan. And I think that's it. Okay, someone will have to double-check us uh, on that one. But I think you're right. I, I didn't even think about Yuri in that one, and I'm hoping you're looking this up uh, as we speak. But I'm I, I think off the top of my head, I might even be able to come up with another. Who's that? Brock Lesnar. Okay, okay. Different time period for the UFC. If Brock Lesnar was in the UFC right now, I mean, yes, you're right. Uh, like, yeah, Yuri Prohaska, Vulcan Ozdemir, Dominic Reyes. Glover Teixeira. Okay, yeah. I didn't even think about Yuri. That's a good point. Bang! Um, but, so, yeah, good call. Good call. So, uh, an interesting parallel between those two, Pereira and uh, Yuri Prohaska, is that they're not just your ordinary UFC fighter, right? They're people that say. come in. 
Yeah. They, there's a, they come into the UFC with just a wealth of experience and they're, they're generational talent. So I think that those two have a lot in common from that standpoint. And, and from an outside perspective, obviously fighters are not scared of anybody, but from an outside perspective, think of the three names we just listed, Brock Lesnar included, Poton, Alex Pereira, and Yuri Prohaska. Those are the most terrifying looking people that you can name. Yuri has this aura to him that is just absolutely terrifying. Brock Lesnar's fist is bigger than most heavyweights' heads. <laughs> and then Alex Pereira, I mean, he's got this kind of similar to Yuri. He's got this aura about him. His walkout has this scare. It's the scary drum beats, and he does this. Yeah, exactly. He does the arrow shot while he screams. Like it's, he just has this aura of like scary to him. Like I don't know, I don't mm-hmm. know any other way to put it. But that that is why I think they're getting these title shots. Yes, Pereira also is kind of coming off the coattails of Izzy. Basically, cleared out the division for him. But also a good point. Yeah, but he's he's, he's shown he's deserving of it in his very few fights in MMA. Yeah, and I mean, I think you can even just point to the last fight against Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland is a guy that gives everyone problems, no matter uh-huh. how good you are, no matter how good your striking is, no matter how good your wrestling is. He's such a well-rounded MMA fighter. Uh, and and we, we watched it live in person. Alex Pereira disposed of him. Like, did it wasn't even a fight. Like, I think no. Sean's probably mistaken for trying to stand and bang, but I, I get why he did it. He's trying to prove a point. Go you go. If if that left hand hits, it, you I mean you are waking up looking at the lights at the end of the night. That's all I've got to say. I think Alex Pereira, um, or, or excuse me, Israel Adesanya rather, uh, definitely has the better rhythm to his striking. He flows better. His movements probably a little bit better. But power's the great equalizer in mm-hmm. any fight in any sport. And Alex Pereira, in my mind, absolutely possesses that power advantage. And I like, I like what you said right there with that. That bodes really well for Alex in this five-round fight because Izzy's the kind of guy to pick and choose his strikes, move around, use movement, and just not necessarily pitter-patter his way to a decision win because like the strikes do accumulate and eventually maybe you get the finish or maybe their face just looks like they went through a train wreck. But if you're going to keep Pereira alive – for five rounds just by sticking and poking and moving around, not getting hit. All he needs is one. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. So. Yeah. Well, and, and after, I don't know, probably a hundred plus kickboxing bouts. If you think any little pitter patter is going to get to Alex Pereira, you're sorely mistaken. Like, Absolutely. It, not. It, is he might be able to kind of, you know, peck at people with leg kicks and, and kicks to the body. Uh, Alex Pereira is literally chiseled from stone. Uh, and, and I just, it, unless the volume from Izzy is just at a certain level, I don't think that's going to waver Alex at all. Um, so I just, it's a great fight. I'm super excited. I'm not necessarily mad no matter who wins. Uh, I think we've got a bet that accurately reflects who we think is going to win. Um, mm-hmm. but ultimately I just want this to be a good fight. And, and I mean, I would be shocked if we're sitting, you know, uh, on the couch on Saturday night. And we're looking back on on UFC 281, and that fight wasn't a good fight. There's just no way I can make that make sense. I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, 
I think it's about time to get to those picks. What about you? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. You know, I love I'm the ready. picks. It's, it's our favorite time of every single podcast. Mm-hmm. So kind of like we did with UFC 280, we threw a, a ton of picks out there uh, and, and not entirely dissimilar to UFC 280. I really feel confident in a lot of these. I think we said it last week, but one of us says that every single week, but I really feel that way this week uh, just by myself when I was looking at these picks uh, or kind of trying to put a slate together when we were going to discuss picks. Uh, I really felt good about all the ones that I found. And then you threw some out there that were just incredible. So I think the two of us really put together a hell of a slate for the round six faithful. So without further ado, let's get into it. This is the first of two slates of picks of the week. So Leading off, we're going to start at the top of the card. The man, the myth, the legend, Alex we got Pereira. Off. Yeah, we're getting off to this me. one hot, aren't we? Give it Throwing to me. Alex Pereira money line. Yeah, you got to. You got to with a card like this. Alex Pereira money line plus mm. 180. Lock it in. I think that Alex Pereira goes out there and gets the win. His power is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and really since this fight got announced several months ago, I've been saying Alex Pereira, and and I think there's a little bit of recency, or people might be inclined to say that there's recency bias there, uh, given his last outcome against Sean Strickland. But for me, I've been trying to follow Alex Pereira as much as I can for like the last two or three years, knowing that eventually this this uh, this fight between Pereira and Izzy was going to happen at some point, and I'm all over Alex mm-hmm. Pereira here. And, and I, I think you might have started off, you know, a couple months ago, Jake, uh, thinking that Izzy might get it done. But I think, uh, you know, with uh, the benefit of time and having seen what Alex Pereira has done over the course of this camp, you kind of came around and ended up agreeing mm-hmm. with me on this one. So I'm all over it. Give me Alex Pereira. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes in the sport, someone just has your number. And that might just be the case with Alex Pereira and Israel Adesanya. Alex is the ghost of Izzy's past that just will not go away. They showed it in the countdown. After all of Izzy's wins in the start of his career, up until his title fight, Pereira is tweeting out the video of him knocking out Izzy just to say, I knocked this guy out. I knocked this guy out already. And now he's here. He, he has done everything he could to get to this point, and he's done it successfully. And I, there's no reason why he's not going to finish the job again. Like, Pereira by knockout is my opinion. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. And then next up, we've got Zhang Weili by knockout or TKO. This is one that I was high on all week uh, as soon as I saw this matchup come out. Again, I think people out there might think uh, Carlos Barza didn't look great in that bout against Rose. That bout with Rose was one of the most disappointing fights that I've ever watched. And I don't think that that fight is a reflection of Carla's ability. I think she's a much better fighter than she showed there. However, Zhang Li, in my opinion, is a step above that. We kind of touched on it earlier. Her strikes are just just ferocious. Like she's one of those those fighters that uh, when she throws, she's throwing everything and she's coming to knock you out. And I think that's exactly what we're going to see on Saturday. I, I just don't think that Carla Esparza is going to be able to mitigate her risk enough to stay uh, out of danger in this fight. And ultimately, Zhang Wei Li has the power, but she also has volume. Um, so e- even if Zhang Wei Li uh, is able to just overwhelm her with volume, get her on the ground, and then land some ground and pound, I think she's going to find a TKO in this fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then moving on down, we got Chris Gutierrez versus Frankie Edgar. We're taking this fight to not go the distance. Um, why we're not taking Gutierrez by knockout is strictly just because 
we want to give Frankie Edgar a slight fighting chance. He is in New York. This is his retirement fight. He's going for broke. With that said, Chris Gutierrez is more than likely going to be getting the finish in this fight. And so at plus money, I love that. If you want to look at Gutierrez, he's pretty 50-50 in terms of finish versus decision. But then when you look at Frankie Edgar, three of his last four fights, he's been knocked out brutally. And it's tough to recover from. And he's only getting older. He's already said this is a retirement fight. Most of the time when you go into a fight knowing and outwardly saying this is my retirement fight, it doesn't go good for you. There's no one that should be fighting in the UFC whose goal is not to make it to the top. So when you're fighting just to get that last paycheck, just to retire, I don't I don't see that going well for him. So this fight should not go the distance, plus 100. I love it. Lock it in. Yeah, and you said it yesterday when we were putting our slate together. Frankie Edgar, uh, in two of his most recent fights, has been like meme-worthy knocked out, like highlight reel knockouts for his opponents. Uh, I, I don't necessarily know if that one's gonna or if this one's gonna be to that level, but he's kind of tra- he's without a doubt trending in that direction. So I think this is a great pick, and and we're playing it safe too, and we're playing it safe uh, in a way that also gives us a plus money bet, which I'm all about. Yeah. Uh, but moving on down, we've got Dan Hooker by KO TKO or Claudio Pueyes by sub. It's minus 150. Uh, so DraftKings does this really cool bet where they put out an alternate line, so you can pick. Uh, a method of victory for one fighter. Uh, you can pick either a similar or a different method of victory for the other fighter. And uh, I, I think we've done a great job of finding that kind of niche here. Uh, I think Claudio Pueyes has a lot of upside. If you keep up with him at all in back-to-back fights, he's locked up a knee bar, which is absolutely wild for the UFC. He's a submission ace. And then Dan Hooker is is just Dan Hooker. He's a vet. He's uh, as tough as they come. Uh, and you know he's always – uh, down to go in there and, and, and trade with anyone in the division. So I love that Dan Hooker's fighting up at his natural division back at 155 mm-hmm. too. Um, so for that reason, I think this is a really good play. However, for our more, uh, you know, risk oriented people out there, I think another good look, even though it didn't make our picks is Claudio Pueyes by sub. I can't remember what the line was on that. I know it was a plus money bet, maybe even, over a two to one dog. So uh-huh. if you're looking to sprinkle on something uh, on Saturday night, I think Claudio Pueyes by sub just because of his acumen on the ground is also a good play. Yeah, I, I completely agree. This is one of those grappler versus striker battles, which is why I love this pick too, because if we see Pueyes shoot, get the takedown, there's a high chance he gets a submission. But Dan Hooker is known for his knees up the middle, especially when people mm-hmm. are shooting. Those things are lethal. So mm-hmm. I can see Dan just sitting back waiting for the shots and just knee, knockout, easy. So this gets yep. great for that. Yeah, yeah, I, I could not agree with that more. Getting into our second slate of picks of the week. This is moving on down the card a little bit. Jake, this is one that you are really high on. You're mm-hmm. a huge Brad Riddell guy. I love Brad Riddell. Yeah. I think he brings a lot to the table in this fight. So we've got him by knockout or decision at plus 105. Again, keeping the plus money rolling. And uh, I think Hinato Moicano is a great fighter. I think he brings a lot to the table. But you said it best the other day. Brad Riddell has his back up against the wall right now. He's desperate for a win. And I think he's going to go out there and fight like he wants to win. Uh, so for that reason, I think knockout is a great play. But we're also giving him or giving Hanato Moicano the benefit of the doubt because he is a durable fighter. 
and throwing the decision in there as a double chance. So plus 105, give me Brad Riddell all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Brad Riddell is one of the best strikers in the UFC. He's one of the guys that came in with a Muay Thai background. He's fought some of the best in the world in Muay Thai. Used to train with Rafael Fazir, so you know his striking is just on par with all the guys out there in Tiger Muay Thai. And yeah, Brad's back is against the wall. Never in his Muay Thai or MMA career has he ever lost two in a row. Now he's on a two-fight skid looking at three. I mean, this is not where you want to be. And then we don't have Izzy on here, and that's maybe because of who he's fighting and as well as he's already at the very top, so it's not like this hit him as much. But if you're looking at our at our bets, we have all three of the other CKB guys in here. And I think something about their camp this time changed it for them, especially Brad and especially Carlos, who you see later later on here. Eugene talked about how they how he really kind of split up the camp a little bit, like almost almost tore them apart a little, trying to get that little bit extra out of them. And he said the first two to respond quickly were Carlos and Brad. They were the first two that really responded to Eugene's near split of the camp. And then Dan came on a little later, and Izzy was apparently very last to be the one to like kind of respond to what they wanted, which was that extra effort, basically, of what they were performing at. But to hear that Brad was the first to respond and Carlos just slightly after, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at these guys to come out and and really do something this week. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're spot on there. Absolutely. Yeah, and then moving on down the card, we got Andre Petrosky by sub or decision at plus 120. We kind of already uh, talked about it a little bit. Petrosky is just an absolute monster, in my opinion. He's fighting Willing- Wellington Terman, whatever the guy's name is, who is another grappler at 26 years old. Petrosky's 31 years old. I think he's just going to have the, the pure, like, adult grown man strength to just out muscle and just kind of outwork this guy on the ground. And I think if he gets the sub, he gets the sub. And if not, this is just going to be three rounds of pure ground dominance. Yep. Yeah. Petrosky, I think is absolutely the stronger fighter. You touched on it a little bit earlier, uh, but he's, he's got the age uh, or the benefit of age and the benefit of experience. Uh, he's fought in, in high pressure situations on the ultimate fighter before. Uh, so being on the big pay-per-view shouldn't be a, a huge step up from that just because of the viewership uh, that comes with being on the ultimate fighter. Um, so, yeah, I, I love this bet. I think Petrosky's going to go out there and do something special this weekend. And I think sub uh, or decision makes a lot of sense there. And then moving on down, we've got a pick that uh, basically since last week, I've been saying, give me Silviana Gomez-Juarez. I, I've just got a feeling about her. Um, I, I think she comes out there and, and just does great things every time she fights. Uh, and then she's fighting Karolina Kovalkiewicz, who uh, has kind of been a little bit lackluster as of late. But really the stat that stands out to me more than any other stat in this fight in particular, if you look at Silviana gomez Juarez, uh, kind of her splits based on her wins. So she has X amount of knockouts, X amount of submissions, and X amount of decisions. Silviana Gomez Juarez of the fights that she wins uh, knocks people out over like 85% of the time. She's a finisher. She's going to go in there and she's going to press the action and she's going to look to take your head off. Uh, And for that reason, I think she stands a lot to gain in a fight against uh, a girl who tends to be a little bit decision heavy. I think Carolina uh, over the course of her career has somewhere in the neighborhood of like 
12 decisions, win or loss, uh, and only a limited number of fights. Um, so I think Silviana Gomez Juarez gets it done. Uh, we we didn't feel um, like we needed to go as far as to bet her by knockout. I think the money line being that this is a pick is a pretty safe play. But at minus 105, you're still getting a lot of value on someone who I personally think is going to go out there and get their hand raised on Saturday night. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that one. And then the next one, you see him in the picture on this pick of the week. We're taking Mr. Ladies Night, or his new nickname, I believe, is Black Jag, Carlos Olberg, Moneyline. I think that first fight in the UFC for him against Kennedy and Zedjikwe was the best thing that could have happened to him. He had been so used to just using his his athleticism and using his power and just running through people. First round, second round knockout, through and through. And then he finally met a guy who can take his punches and really throw them back at him. And Carlos, after about a round, looked like he had nothing left in him. And he just kind of took a beating from Kennedy from then on forward. And since then, he's had two amazing fights. He had a first round knockout against Stefan Chukwi. And then, like I was saying earlier, this camp was apparently a game changer for some of these CKB guys. So I'm really looking for Carlos to come out and put on a performance of the night, possibly. So money line, minus 130, lock it in. I love it. Yeah, I do too. And I think you brought up a good point there. Carlos Olberg is one of those guys that if you look at him, he looks like the kind of guy that's just going to go out there and knock everyone out that stands across from him. Um, but in uh, I, I can't remember which card it was. I know we were there in person. It was either the Vegas card or it could have been uh, the Toyota Center card in Houston. It was um, Toyota he, Center. Yeah, but we watched him fight Fabio Charant, the water buffalo, yep. and it was a very tough fight. Like, he had to go out there and scratch and claw, as Black Jags do, for every single uh, inch of, of that fight that he got. And um, he ended up getting his hand raised. But I think that goes to show that um, he's down for a scrap. He's not going to go out there and fold if he's if he can't find a knockout. He's not going to go out there and chase a knockout all the time. Uh, he's going to let it c- come to him, and I think he stands a lot to gain this weekend. So I love that pick too. Yeah, but I completely agree. Moving on, this is always one of my favorite picks of the week, Jake. I think you do a great job of drawing these up, but uh, this could be the hammer of the year for me. I might literally put like my entire paycheck for you know two weeks of work on this one. Uh, Jake, who do you have as this week's Hammer of the Week? Yeah, I mean, we're taking the main event for this Hammer of the Week. So I know this is a pick everybody usually tends to ride. So we're sticking with the main event because we know everybody's going to be watching. Adesanya versus Pereira. This fight is not going the distance at even money. I mean, somebody's getting knocked out cold in this fight, in my opinion. In a lot of people's opinions, the fact that it's at even money, I think... Izzy is either getting starched again by that left hand or Izzy is just going to put on an absolute master class of, of striking, movement, maybe get a takedown, maybe get a finish on the ground. He might get the submission. But I'm looking for Alex Pereira to come out and just land that left hand. What about you? Yeah, I agree. And I think you bring up a really good point there, something that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, uh, but something that I think is, is important to touch on. Israel Adesanya is a purple belt under Andre Galvao with Atos Jiu-Jitsu. And, and if you know anything about Jiu-Jitsu, Atos is uh, just an absolute world-class gym out in California. Andre Galvao is one of the absolute OGs of the Jiu-Jitsu game. Uh, just fought Gordon Ryan in the absolutes. 
recently with ADCC. Um, so his purple belt, unlike some people's purple belts, and you know if they don't come from a, a vetted jujitsu gym or they don't train under you know a top guy in the world. Speaking about the UFC, people on you know that next level of fighting, of course. Um, a lot of times you can't really, you have to kind of take that belt with a grain of salt. If Andre Galval gives you a purple belt, you are a purple belt. Yeah. So I think for that reason, looking at Izzy by submission, not as a play, but there's a, a very real possibility. It's a real he's threat. Gonna, yes, 100%. 100%. I was kind of beating around the bush to get there, but well, we arrived at the same point. And, and you got to think that Izzy's been doing mixed martial arts for so much longer than Alex has. Pereira has only been doing mixed martial arts for maybe two, three years at this point. Whereas Izzy's been a champ, basically, probably for as long as Alex Pereira has been doing MMA. And Izzy's had a lot of fights, like Jan Blahovich, like Robert Whitaker, where he's had guys that are pretty dang good grapplers. So, like, you know a lot of his camp is focused on that grappling. And then knowing he has this guy who has already, one, outclassed him to a, a decision win in their first fight, and then two, knocked him out in the second, why would you want to stand with him? Like, I know there's ego. I know you might want to prove, like, hey, those were flukes. Like, I'm the champ. I'm the real striker now. And if that's the case, Pereira by knockout all day. But Izzy could be smart and get this takedown and finish by sub. So I love this pick. Yeah, I don't yeah, see I, this fight going the distance. Yep, I am all in on your hammer of the week this week. But moving forward, I love this one too. We've got the dog of the week. And of course, what would we be as a podcast if we didn't go with the people's main event as the dog of the week? So we're going with another alternate method of victory, double chance. We've got Poirier by decision or Mike Chandler by knockout at plus 120. I think these are the two picks you have to ride with. If both of these guys' chins hold up, just like you said, Jake, uh, I think that I'm inclined to believe that Poirier gets a decision. If they don't, give me Chandler by knockout. So this is not only uh, a great dog pick, but it's a safe play too, even if you don't take it for what we've taken it for as the dog of the week. If you just want to throw this in with your picks, uh, I, I think it's a super smart bet to take here. Yeah, I mean, like you just said, Poirier, yes, he has the knockouts on his resume. He's got some great knockouts, like especially Conor McGregor most recently. But Poirier tends to just outbox you to a finish. Max Holloway, Justin Gaethje, although I think he did end up getting the finish in that Gaethje fight. But when, when you watch most of his fights, he will outbox you to a decision. And then Chandler does not. He is, he, that is not what Chandler does. Chandler is looking mm -hmm. to send your face to the moon. And if he doesn't do that, he will probably lose a decision. And a very awesome decision at that. So... I mean, this is a great pick for that. Yeah, yeah, I, I could not agree with that more. And then, of course, on a big pay-per-view card, we had to draw two big parlays here. So we've got a favorites parlay that we'll go ahead and get started with here. Uh, we've got, you know, one fine young lady that we have not talked about yet on the show today. But in the favorites parlay, we're going John Whaley money line, Andre Petrosky money line, and I'm super high on Aaron Blanchfield, so we're mm -hmm. taking her money line. You got a three-pick parlay. It pays 148. If you don't know a lot about Aaron Blanchfield, she is one of the youngest fighters on the UFC roster. She brings a ton to the table in the wrestling department. Uh, we just saw her finish her last fight out with a high elbow guillotine, which is super impressive for a fighter that age. 
Um, I think she's fighting uh, from an experience standpoint. I think she's fighting years ahead of her age. Uh, and even though people might look at Molly McCann and, and she's got all the hype in the world behind her, Dave Portnoy and Barstool is backing her. Uh, and just because uh, she tends to fight alongside Patty Pimblett a lot, uh, I, I just don't think you can discount what Erin Blanchfield's done in her, her short career so far. Uh, and she's a super heavy favorite, so it makes all the sense in the world for a parlay. Yeah, I absolutely love this parlay. Zhang Weili and Andre Petrovsky, like we've already talked about, we're looking at their money lines very highly. I mean, yeah, Aaron Blanchfield. I think Molly McCann has that elbow strike, and that's basically about it. Like, she's a pressure fighter. She can take a beating, but that's not always a good thing when you can take a beating, especially from somebody fighting Aaron Blanchfield. Like, she might take a beating and not be able to land that elbow, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I love this. Yeah, absolutely. And then this uh, this last parlay is kind of a unique take on a parlay for us. We haven't done one of these before, but I really like it because we uh, tend to love these double chances, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, so the first leg of this parlay is Matt Frivola by decision or Otman Azaitar by knockout. So I think it's an interesting story how we kind of arrived at this one. So if you look at uh, on DraftKings, it has lines for like like methods of victory, but it has to be exact, right? So it gives a line for uh, finish only, and it gives a line for decision only, and it gives you lines for both fighters. So one thing we noticed was uh, if you look at those two lines separately, the finish or excuse me, the decision only line was uh, in favor of Matt Frivola the finish only line was in favor of Otman Azaitar. So just kind of uh, reverse engineering some picks that Vegas already has out there. We kind of arrived at this double chance. Uh, and, and I think this one is solid. Yeah. I mean, and when you look at Otman Azaitar, 13 wins, 10 of them by knockout. So even like Frivola's only chance in this fight is to really hold him down and, kind of kind of wrestle his way to a decision which we see happen all the time in the ufc it's not like that's unlikely to happen but azatar by knockout and he's 13 and 0 he's undefeated i'm i'm looking at him to really put on a show at msg just like a lot of these guys are wanting to do he's coming for the finish yeah yeah i couldn't agree more and then the second leg of this parlay carlos olberg by knockout or nikolai negamaranu by decision I think this is another great double chance to throw in there. Both of these obviously being the alternate line double chances that I referenced earlier. Um, But I think kind of in a similar fashion, uh, if Olberg comes out there and gets a win, there's a very high probability that he's going to knock Negamaranu out. Negamaranu obviously has spoiled a few parties as of late. uh, So I think that there's definitely a chance that if he wins this fight, he wins it by decision. I don't see Carlos Olberg getting knocked out here. Uh, I, I think Kennedy and Zetraku, like you said earlier, um, was just able to kind of wear him down and, and ended up getting the finish. Um, but I think this double chance is is super solid also. So when you parlay both of these together, uh, you're getting almost a two-to-one dog. So huge, huge, huge value uh, for what's only two picks, but it's more or less four picks. So I think that's yeah. why the line kind of reflects the way that it does. Um, but But this is a great parlay. I love both of these parlays this week. Yeah, no, I absolutely love this one. And like you said, yeah, Olberg, he's coming for the finish more than likely. And I'm not even going to try to say this guy's last name. There's no <laughs> way fighting smartly that he would he's going to want to stand and bang with Carlos Olberg. Like, this guy is not a big decision fighter. 
But with that being said, he is only six feet tall to Carlos Olberg, six foot four. Like, there's no way he wants to turn this into a standing battle, especially with the kickboxing pedigree of Carlos Olberg. So if he wants to get the win, it's got to be by decision. And if he's got an ego enough to stand up with Olberg, he's getting dropped. Yeah, I could not agree with any of that more. Um, but so th- those are our picks, the round six picks for UFC 281. Obviously a massive slate. Uh, they'll get posted on Instagram either tomorrow or Saturday morning. More likely tomorrow, though, so that y'all can get those early lines in. Um, but as always, ri- ride with round six. Use the hashtag bet with round six if you are playing uh, our picks. And, uh, you know, give us a tag on Instagram. Bless you. And uh, <laughs> give us a tag on Instagram if uh, if you're betting with us and, and you might see yourself on the page. Um, but, I mean, UFC 281, what else is there to say? You look at this card up and down, and it is absolutely stacked to the gills. I am super excited to get this card going on Saturday afternoon. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. This is going to be my entire Saturday, and I cannot wait to just – do absolutely nothing but watch fights. Yeah, and great fights at that. It's not just any other Saturday. This is, uh, I, I might have mentioned this earlier, but I think uh, for me, I'm looking for, uh, you know, in, in you know, a month and a half, two months from now, I'm looking for this to be fight of the year. If I had an early prediction on, or on uh, excuse me, fight card of the year, if I had an early prediction on that, give me UFC 281. I, I think this card is going to be an absolute banger. I think this card is two very, very easy candidates as well for fights of the year. If the main mm-hmm. event doesn't do it, I mean, Michael Chandler's already probably winning fight of the year right now. As mm-hmm. uh, or I guess not. That was last year's, wasn't it? The Gaethje one, I guess. Yeah, that was this time last yeah. year. Yep. So Michael Chandler's probably looking to redo it, I would say. And mm-hmm. against Dustin Poirier, there's no better opponent for that. So <laughs> this card's got two fight of the year candidates on it alone. So. Yeah, yeah, and who knows what might happen with all of the other fights on the card. Um, but, guys, I think that about does it for this week. This has been another edition of the Round 6 Podcast. Go follow the Instagram at Round6Pod. Remember, we're on Spotify, so if you don't want to give us a watch on YouTube, give us a listen on Spotify, and, and you know, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Uh, we're going to be here to stay. So we're hoping you guys are enjoying the content. I think the picks this week are off the charts. I think the card this week is off the charts. Uh, Jake, you have anything else before we sign off? No, I'm just ready for this fight card, man. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. I cannot wait. But like I said, this was another edition of the Round 6 podcast. Uh, Until next time, you guys have a good one. Enjoy those fights.